Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. I'm Joey. And I'm Judy, and we're so glad you're joining us today. And, you know, we took a, about a month off or so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we um, have been busy uh, planning and just being um, present with our children and activities. This is our, our son's junior year, and he's almost oh. done with track. Yep. So Amazing. we're going to try our best to um, to try to be ahead of this and record for you guys because we were getting messages. You guys missed our... our um, our voices. Thank you. Yeah. And we also, miss you. Yes. And keep, um, you know, sending us what you want us to hear and talk about. Yeah. So today we want to dive in um, because we get a lot because Judy and I both do coaching, uh, both personal, professional, leadership, uh, business stuff. Um, we do still get a lot of stuff because we've been in ministry for a long time. And if our pastors, um, we get questions a lot, like whether I need counseling, um, do I need deliverance? Right. Or do I need coaching? And so I really or feel... All of them. Or all of them. And you might need all of them. And so we want to kind of dive into how to determine or how to discern um, whether which one you need first. Uh, because sometimes you do need all three or you need two of the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always a precedence, right? There's always something that you need first. And I want to kind of just start it out by asking my wife a question because she, I feel like more lately, she's been dealing with a lot of these type of questions. And so, babe, when you... When somebody's come to you on the phone or they're, mm-hmm. you know, asking you questions or trying to get coaching, um, what's some mm-hmm. way for that you determine or help them to determine whether they might need deliverance, counseling or coaching? Yeah, I think, you know, it's really good to ask. I think if you are in if you're a life, if you listen to us and you're a life coach yourself or maybe mm-hmm. you're a licensed therapist or a minister, pastor, leader, um, or maybe you're just a friend and you know what, there's so much healing and being a listening friend and just oh, yeah. listening to your friends. It is really good to ask the Holy Spirit before you even have a conversation with someone to bless your conversation first and foremost, yeah. um, to speak through you and to you while the conversation is taking place and to give you wisdom mm. and what, what your part is. God, what is my part in this conversation? What do you want to happen? Love it. And sometimes he'll reveal it to you right before. And sometimes it won't necessarily come until you're maybe in the middle of something, Mm -hmm. in the middle of the conversation. But I've had conversations where people have said, oh, my gosh, this person needs deliverance. They're just, you know, toxic or helpless. And then when I begin to talk to them, there's just so many deep wounds and really that person just needs forgiveness. However, Mm. when you do have unforgiveness in your heart, that is one of the number one things the enemy can use to come and um, use his tactics, demons, whatever you want to call it, to oppress, latch itself, give you confusion in your mind, thoughts of of like inadequacy, lies and lies and lies. And so one of the things that I like to do to be able to figure out is I like to walk people through confessing things, confessing and renouncing things that they feel in their heart like that they need to or as the Holy Spirit is showing me, hey, this person, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe needs to kind of renounce um, an issue with lust or they need to renounce um, sexual abuse they've had in the past. Mm -hmm. And as they're doing this and naming these things and, and then they begin to name them on their own, you can begin to see what are they struggling to say or confess or what are they afraid to confess because mm. they don't either they either don't want to let them go or if there is something 
demonic or oppressive over them, it doesn't want them to confess and release that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Those are really good practical things. I love what you said when you were talking about inviting the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to show you. Um, yeah. How, I mean, we talk to people all the time that have been believers for years. Yeah. And when we say, hey, have you prayed about it? They're like, yeah, somebody prayed for me. But the mm-hmm. real question is, is have you invited the Holy Spirit into that? Right. And, and I think that that gets overlooked by Christians, by people that are regular believers all the time mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I don't realize that I have this advocate, right? The Holy Spirit's name is right. advocate. It's also your counselor. It's also your helper. Mm-hmm. So why would I not help and deliver? Ask, yeah, and deliver. Why <laughs> would I not ask the Holy Spirit who's there to advocate for me who's there to counsel me who's there to help me for help and Mm -hmm. i love that that's very practical one of the things that i've i've also Mm -hmm. learned is is when i talk to people and they start to talk about wounds or hurts or things that they're trying to get over traumas um, Mm -hmm. i really like to include and and have them lead in prayer um, Mm -hmm. and and ask them to to, why don't they start to pray and invite the holy spirit and invite jesus into the mix of what they're going Mm -hmm. on and when there starts to become some resistance spiritually Um, in their prayer, immediately in my heart, that tells me that there might be deliverance is needed first. Right. Because when there's resistance in the spirit, that means it's a spiritual warfare, um, um, an active spiritual warfare battleground. Yeah. And so when somebody starts to pray or can't pray or can't um, confess or can't forgive, um, having them do that is a good sign to figure out, do I need deliverance or not? So if you're finding yourself, let's say even over your own self, I need to pray. I need to ask for help. I need to, I'm, I'm trying to go and, and ask Jesus in the, to be in the middle of it. And mm-hmm. I'm having difficulty using my words, having mm-hmm. difficulty pressing into the spirit. More than likely you need deliverance. Right. Um, but inside of the deliverance, after the deliverances, I do believe that there's a transition and a bridge you need. Not all the time is it counseling right away. Sometimes and a lot of times it is, especially if you need to go right. backwards mm-hmm. to heal that old mm-hmm. wound, right? The, the old Joey, right? right. The, the 12-year-old Joey, the seven-year-old Joey that was injured, hurt, uh, brokenhearted. Uh, but sometimes you just need the bridge of coaching. So I'm free because I've been delivered, but now I need to be taught how to live. And, and you can't do that alone. I found that yeah. it's impossible, almost impossible, to walk out a new journey after right. deliverance on your own. Right. And so I advocate, not just because I am a coach and you're a coach, but we advocate for people to get somebody aligned with them to help them, not just to hold them accountable, but to ask them what they want and help see them through what they want to live out after their deliverance. Yeah, and you know, another good question is, how do I know I was delivered? What mm. does that look like? What does that feel like? I don't know. What was I was That's I supposed to supposed to experience a goosebump? Uh, yeah. Was something supposed to screech out of me? Was something you know? And I'll I'll give you just even a perfect example. We were at a family celebration last weekend, and we had the opportunity to pray with a friend's neighbor, with a family uh, friend's neighbor, and they just needed some prayer. They were going through a tough time in their relationship, and. Um, when I began to pray for her first, she was telling me she felt something um, like a pressure in her head and in the back of her neck. Mm. Like she's like, I just feel this heaviness weighing me down. Wow. And that's all that she could describe. She's like, it's yeah. a heaviness in my head and a heaviness in the back of my head and the back of my neck mm. and on my back. Like it's there. Wow. It's like attached itself. And that's the way she described it. Now, when we began to pray, um, she immediately um, 
I, I began to just, um, you know, have her walk her through healing and forgiveness and just inviting the Holy Spirit over her mm. life to heal wounds in her heart, emotional and physical things. And then she's like, my headache is gone. And then um, as my husband began to, to pray, he, he kind of literally felt something leave. And she got up and she's like, I felt something leave. And mm. now saying that to say, not necessarily everyone's encounter is that way. So true. Because it depends on how that thing or whatever it was became attached slash oppressing you. Was it invited by witchcraft? Was it invited by new age and horoscope and um, healing gems and all these things? Or was it an invitation from an unhealed wound, from a deep, deep rooted wound of whether it was sexual abuse, infidelity in your marriage, unforgiveness towards a parent, unforgiveness towards a spouse? What is it that, how, how did it come? And even if you immediately don't know, it does not mean you can't immediately receive the freedom. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit, just like us, we can begin to pray and we may not exactly know like, oh, this spirit is called this, and if I don't know the name, this person's not going to be set free. Now, mm. I don't necessarily have to know the name, but I can know what type of thing I'm dealing with, what type of spirit. It's like a familiar spirit, like, yeah. oh, I have felt this before. And normally that's, so I'm going to give you a couple things. Signs to look for if you're the one praying for someone else. Are you feeling anything in your body? Did you all of a sudden get hit with a little sharp pain or headache or something? Um, mm -hmm. Something in your physical body. Oh my gosh, all of a sudden I have something in my hip or some, I feel something in the tummy and the womb and the, and beginning to ask them questions like, did you have, are you having pain in your stomach? Are you having, you know, a headache? Normally like mm -hmm. the enemy likes to distract if it's witchcraft. Um, sometimes it likes to give like headaches or uh, distraction. People sometimes begin to get itchy or weird or feel cold, a cold sensation where usually when it's the Holy Spirit presence, it's a warm. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're the person receiving prayer, on the other end and you're like i don't know what i need to get set free yeah. from i just know i need freedom i don't know how it got there but i but i want to have freedom and healing and wholeness mm. is asking the lord to reveal and i love what you said yeah. inviting them to pray like so as i'm beginning to pray for my own self like i'll say everything like god you know i renounce this i give up bitterness and pride and unforgiveness and things like that i'll That's even right. say things in my life and sins and in in and families like 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 generations like i'll mm -hmm. try to cover it all right but sometimes the holy spirit will still reveal like hey there's this deep-rooted residue that you thought you got rid of but you really didn't mm. and i want you to let go of it and i want you to forgive it and yes sometimes it can it can come out just like a wailing when i've had like the holy spirit like his glory just grab a hold of me and he's like i'm like i'll just begin to weep and wail and i'm like what is this and sometimes it's just the power of his glory and presence yeah but sometimes he's like oh i'm taking away this sorrow that you had for so so long yeah um and literally the way that that inner one, one encounter like that happened to me is i was just in worship and i was in praise yeah. and it reminds me of this of the of how it says in isaiah i will give you a garment of praise for a spirit of despair come on so when i just put myself in his presence he it was all it was like an invitation for him to come in and heal something that i didn't know was there oh, um wow. and it wasn't like oh this demon talking out loud it was like this deep deep sorrow mm. that was 
being pushed down yeah. and affecting my body, affecting my mind. I didn't know it was, but God's like, I want to set your spirit free. Yeah, I love that. I, I want to dig into this a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. when, when Judy was started to talk about some of the expressions or feelings that you feel might feel or go through when you're experiencing, yeah. and she mentioned a couple things on there that we I want to we want to yeah. clarify for you so that you can kind of be uh, more understanding. There's three avenues. Uh, for experiencing demonic um, either oppression or possession. Okay, and so we want to talk about these because they these help you to determine uh, whether I might where I might have an avenue or what we call a stronghold, right? An open window, yeah. open door. Number one is is your own agreement. So confessions, yes. agreements that you have made, uh, whether it's somebody that told you something negative and you came into an agreement with it, mm-hmm. or whether you've word cursed yourself. I've cursed myself. I've, As an example, I'm always going to be broke. I'm never going to get out of poverty. You are creating a covenant with a word curse on your life over that section because your words have power of life and death. And cursing right? your stuff. And like, cursing your stuff. Like my car is always going to break down. It's or it's all, There's crap. power, right? <laughs> I mean, God gave... Adam, power and dominion over what he named, what he said had name and he had rule over it. And so this is the same thing that happens with our words. Also in the uh, agreement standpoint is sexual relationships. So when we are sexually intimate with somebody that's not our husband or wife, we create a soul tie, a stronghold. Their junk all of a sudden becomes your junk. It's an infection spiritually into your body that you have to break, reject, and renounce. And so those are internal agreements that we're making unforgiveness. Judy talked about that when I've not forgiven somebody, but I'm actually, it's not just unforgiveness it's actually punishment that you're instilling on them because they have not said sorry. And so unforgiveness is not just, I'm not forgiving you. It's now I'm replacing forgiveness with punishment internally. So in my mind, I'm punishing you in my words, I'm punishing you in my thought life, I'm punishing you. And so this Mm -hmm. binds you to the, to, to a spiritual demonic attack of, of, of unforgiveness, right? So let's talk about the ex- external things. That's witchcraft, right? Every every external thing that comes to you is witchcraft. So it's somebody maybe giving a word curse over you. They're not a witch, but their words, and this can happen from other Christians, right? You can be a Christian operating in witchcraft because you're cursing other people. You're talking about their ministry. You're talking about their marriage. You're talking about them as individuals. So that is a word curse. That is a, a witchcraft, a mm-hmm. spirit of witchcraft that's operating over your life. It could be... Sp- Things and omens that are done in um, spirituality segments. So uh, Santa Maria, right? Uh, uh, Voodoo, those kinds of things that actually Mm -hmm. happen on the outside that could affect you internally. The last one is your bloodline. So things that come into your generational legacy, right? Talks about it in scriptures. When you get down to Leviticus, it talks about um, curses that would affect two, three, and ten generations in your bloodline. So if there was sexual abuse in your bloodline, if there was affairs in your bloodline, if there was blood covenants in your bloodline, addictions in your bloodline, those things could exist. Now, I'm not saying they'll all affect you, but if you're having a struggle there that you maybe started to think about or you're having something saying, no, I didn't come into agreement with anything. No, nobody word cursed me, Uh but there's something in your bloodline. We also have to reject and renounce those. And so those are the three areas that I just wanted to highlight to you to determine where it might be coming from. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And it's so true. We're sharing this with you not to overwhelm you. I want to tell you that. Take a pause Mm -hmm. and just receive, go back and rewind 
if mm -hmm. you have to. Um, we're sharing this with you actually so that it doesn't overwhelm, so that it you're not you. overwhelmed, so that, yeah, exactly, that you're empowered with the tools of, hey, I'm not going to be afraid to pray for someone that may experience a manifestation, and I'm not going to be afraid to ask for prayer when I know I'm mm. either having some mental fogginess, yeah. I need some healing in my life, um, and be afraid of like, quote, unquote, what is my healing and deliverance going to look like? Wow. What is it going to sound like? Am I going to be embarrassed? embarrassed mm -hmm. and freedom is not embarrassing i just want to tell you that no freedom should never be embarrassing i there's a person i follow online that is constantly setting uh, helping people walk in freedom in the power mm. of G in the name of jesus and it can sound or maybe look ugly etc but in the end the thing that excites me is when they begin to jump up and down and just clap and be like i'm free like yeah this yeah. may have been embarrassing earlier or this may have looked a certain way but i don't care i took Come a on. risk i came here for prayer and now i am set free and so again these are tools to empower you um, to not be afraid. And, and really in the end too, is if you are that person going to pray for someone else, you have to do it in the name of love. And, and right. in, the na in the name of love is in the name of Jesus. Cause it says in the Bible, like God is love. Mm. And so if we don't come with a heart of compassion, if we don't come with a heart of love, if there's That's any right. kind of self-righteousness or pride inside of us or or anything we just want our hearts reset and and how do you do that just a simple prayer before like i said before you go and pray anyone god what is my part in this individual's mm -hmm. life speak through me anoint my words anoint my hands That's right. if you're going to have me lay hands on them and let them feel your love i can't tell so you how good. many times we've prayed for people and we didn't weren't necessarily casting out certain spirits by name yeah. all we were saying were god loves you he loves you so much. And sometimes immediately within seconds, there was a manifestation that that happened where the person fell on the floor and they were convulsing or um, another individual started um, levitating. Another one started screaming. Um, and that's, that's because right. the demonic did not want them to hear that they are loved. Why? Because love is a part of your God-given identity. That's right. You were created to be loved. Come on. And you were created to love because love God that. is love. That's beautiful. And, and, and you know what? This, I love that you shared that because if your goal is not to see people encounter with God and be loved by God and receive God's love, because God's already loved them yeah. regardless of their behavior, then you probably shouldn't be doing this. You probably shouldn't be praying for people. And I would argue to say not just deliverance. You shouldn't be praying for people in general if you, sh if you really don't want to see them be encountered by God's love because that's really his emphasis, right? That's his goal. So, so we talked a little bit about well, deliverance. Well, you can ask God, you know, yeah. give me compassion for your people, God. Yeah. Give me your heart of love for your people. Sh show me how much you love them. And that is very helpful to say it before is. you pray for them. Absolutely. It gets you in the right mindset. And mm -hmm. I prayed for years without that component. And when I adopted what it was to try to love God's people, man, there was just a whole other layer of, of mm -hmm. care, compassion that's birthed from it. So we talked a little bit about deliverance and what you might need, but let's talk about just for just for a second, and this is just kind of an intro to, to get you um, mm -hmm. in that realm of it, is how do I know whether I might need counseling? Um, counseling is, is normally needed when you do need to tend to some traumas or some wounds in the past. Um, it's hard, it's almost impossible at this point for you to move forward because you need to go backwards and come to terms yeah. um, to settle things um, at that level. 
Uh, and so that's how you determine whether I need counseling. If my mind's always going to the past, it's always going to that trauma, I might need some counseling. How do I know I need coaching? Is because you're ready to move forward. There might have been a brick, a block, a barrier from you moving forward, but it wasn't always attached to your past. It was mm -hmm. more not being able to get out of your own mind or get out of your own way to get right. there. And so sometimes a coach needs to come beside you to ask you the right questions to get you to say, all right, let's look at it from a different perspective so that you can move forward. And so that's kind of just my quick synopsis of the difference is between all three. Yeah, and sometimes like when an individual has been in counseling or therapy, it it makes their deliverance easier. Like mm -hmm. there's less of the emotional baggage weighing them down That's because good. they were able to conversate with someone about the deep-rooted things from childhood, adulthood, marriage, anything like that, mm -hmm. where sometimes like I said, friendship can be so healing just in the power of listening where you're because it's also confess confession it's biblical when god says you know confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed mm. like so there's there's healing and freedom when we confess to jesus and healing when we confess to someone else and just getting it out there because the biggest way that the enemy keeps us bound is by keeping it inside Oof. by making you feel like I can't tell anyone I'm embarrassed to let anyone know what I'm going through I'm ashamed I'm, asha I'm mm. ashamed of what I did or what I said or what mm. happened or or what was done to me mm. and so that can begin to creep in and that's a an avenue for the enemy to come and say, oh, I'm going to attach myself to this shame and this guilt and keep them bound. So there is power and healing in confessing, whether it's to a godly friend, a therapist, or a life coach um, that you trust and working out those issues. And some people, they can have a powerful encounter in the, in the presence of God. The glory hits them. They're filled with the spirit or they're like, wow, I was, I, I felt his presence so mm -hmm. strong. And then that was Sunday, Monday comes. They don't know how to live out their freedom. They're mm. like, oh, yeah. I got used, so used to carrying this dysfunction on my back yeah. and this dysfunction in my mind that now what does it look like to walk in freedom? What does it look like now to mm. be a better mom? What does it look mm. like now to be a better husband without those words I used to use? What does it look like now to be a person, a better person without the spirit of manipulation? Like all these mm. things, learning to walk in freedom without your old dysfunction to keep you bound can be helpful to have a good godly counsel, life coach, you know, pastor, online resources, watching yeah. videos, etc. But choosing every day, God, help me walk out this freedom now. Let me not pick up the old, the baggage, the stuff you mm. set me free from just because I was so used to having it and carrying it with me that now I don't know what it's like to walk light. Mm. And I and then we pick up something new or something old. You know what? No. Like as I'm sitting here at my table and I see that there's a light bulb out, it's driving me crazy. Yeah. And I'm choosing that after this, I'm going to change that light bulb. <laughs> you know why? Because it'll be something I get used to looking at it every day. Mm. And I get that annoys me. And to me, that becomes like a dysfunction thing. Like you're just get used to stuff being broken down and not working. And you realize like, you know, I could have changed that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing in your life. You get so used to looking at something and like you could have changed it a long time ago. But now that you chose to walk in the freedom, walk in the healing, walk in the forgiveness, choose to also not pick it back up. Yeah. 
I love that. I, I, you got that's remarkable. What, what we hope, I hope you rewind that, you go back, is the trap is that you keep it inside. Yeah. That's it. I love that. that, that we're going to leave you with that point, and we hope that as you went through this, this session that you um, felt like you are more empowered. You have tools, weapons, and resources at your disposal to treat yourself and to help care for those around you. Yeah. And, you know, I just think of, uh, I'll share this quickly. Yeah. What did Satan want to do to Jesus? He wanted to attack him when he was isolated. Yeah. When Jesus was alone, praying, fasting, mm -hmm. and hungry, yep. the devil showed up. And he's like, I'm going to tempt him. I'm going right. to quote back scripture to him, but manipulate the word of God. Yep. I'm going to say, well, if where's your God? We'll turn this rock into bread. We'll mm. do this. And, and testing him, right? And so that's what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to isolate ourselves, make us feel embarrassed and ashamed, and come attack us. Yep. with the own word of God. Um, but that stops today. Yeah, come on. I believe it. We're partnering with you that this stops today. Mm -hmm. So we're going to pray for you. Father, we thank yeah, you so thank much you, for this time together with everybody listening, God. I thank believe you, that you're going to reveal to them exactly what they need for them, their, their own lives the deliverance they need, the healing they need, the counseling they need, the coaching they need. God, you're the discerning factor in their lives. Holy Spirit, take over. You be the advocate. You be the helper. You be the counselor that they need. Advise them and allow them to partner with that advisement. I pray that these words did not fall on deaf ears today, but that they felt they fell on good soil so that it produces the right fruit because it's not just going to affect them. It's going to affect their circle. It's going to affect their family. And it's going to start where generational curses started. It's going to turn in, break yes, those, Jesus. and turn into general blessings. Yes, God, we thank you for freedom. We thank you that shame has right. to flee. Guilt and condemnation have to flee. Your oh. word says that there is now no condemnation for those right. that are in Christ Jesus, God. I thank you that every person listening is going to be empowered to pray for other people mm. for their freedom, healing, and deliverance, and that they themselves will also be empowered to receive prayer and walk this freedom journey out with you. Thank you that what's that you're healing people from forgiveness of past wounds and even forgiveness of self. Mm. And I thank you, God, that they're not going to pick up that dysfunction again. They're not going to pick mm. it up just because it was something they're used to. Thank you that their new normal is walking out in freedom, in lightness, and without the burden of, of the sin and the shame, God. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Don't forget to visit us, subscribe, share this opportunity, and also visit our YouTube channel for video resources. And like always, you're worth it.